Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Past couple weeks, at least, 
and we'll touch on that like later on the podcast and let the uh, the uh, the uh, latter part the last couple of weeks stuff. But let's get to the NBA All Star Game. I don't know about you, bro, but I was thoroughly entertained. It's like that last ah. famous movie. Are you not entertained? I mean, it was it was great. <laughs> I mean, look, I know defense was at was was still optional. I get that, but I mean, it was it just had a different vibe. It's like a professional. It, it was it, it was pretty much like a professional pickup game, and that was due yeah. to the player drafts. You know, what I'm saying it's like mm-hmm. Team LeBron, Team Steph, Team Steph rather. Because those are two top all-star getters. They got to choose their own teams, blah, blah, blah. The only regret was, the only beef, my only gripe was it wasn't live. I mean, yeah. it wasn't live. And I guess people were afraid. I guess the NBA press was afraid that their feelings, for those who were picked last, those who were picked last, by the way, one of them which, like one of them which was, uh, was Al Horford, said he didn't give a damn. Their professionals, they just have to be in the all-star game anyway. So it didn't make a difference to them. So, therefore, Adam Silver, who's always ahead of the curve as far as uh, sports commission, like professional sports commissioners go, is going to have a live draft next year, which would be awesome. I just hope yeah. that it's like in the green room. It's like if, they, if they're like those, those, those ballers are like in the audience and they just like uh, listen to like see the names on the board, you know, whoever top two vote getters are. And it, it, that that would be great. I mean, it's it's like, I mean, for those who have who who play pickup ball or pickup any you know, sport, especially basketball, I mean, you know how the feeling is. You know, it's it's like there's one dude who your boys are right who's like side if you if you if you don't pick him right away. But <laughs> I just think that, I mean, I you know I just think that it was it was it was it was like it was great. Pride was on the line. I mean. You just if you if you could imagine like you know LeBron's like my squad could beat your squad, bro, because you know like you know to Steph Curry because again they had they 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 picked their squads. I mm-hmm. thought it was much more exciting, and a couple of minutes of the game was was they both squads turned up on the defensive end, you know, and and and, and even before I mean you know it be it became a a game of you can't check me. Like, like, can you check me? It's like, you know, like, Joel Embiid and uh, Russell Westbrook still had that beef going. <laughs> <in the whole laughs> it's, it's like, Joel Embiid came out with, like, a, like with a squeak dunk and Westbrook tried to drive on him. He just took it to the hole right on him. And I, so, it's good to see that beef still going. But, at any event, I, I just thought it was it was exciting uh, you know, it didn't have to be all like 1990 NBA style defense, but grabbing folks and punching folks when they go drive. But to me, it was still very exciting. Again, I sound like a broken record, but it was very exciting. And you know, you could tell a lot of pride was on the line. Like, 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 like both most squads took pride in beating the other squad and yeah. being safe in the end in terms of no injuries. Exactly. And I'm, I'm glad that that was the best part of it, um, even though I'll get to Jimmy Butler in a little bit. Um, yeah. First and foremost, the, the irony of the game ending on a defensive play was hilarious to me. And, and the fact that, yeah, you know, LeBron had the wherewithal to make sure that, even though they had a bunch of shooters out there, they made sure to double-team the shooter 
and put him in the in the corner and that's uh, Steph Curry toward the end of that that uh, uh, the fourth. And like you said, it was very competitive. You know, um, there was a lot of uh, uh, jaw jacking going on, but a, a lot of healthy competition. And one of the things that uh, that that Reggie Miller said during the game, I don't know if it will necessarily work, and I know one reason why it won't work, which is he thought it would be a better idea if the teams were actually selected on on the night of the All Star game. So Sunday night, once you get to the arena, mm. the two captains make their picks. Now the reason why it mm. won't work is because Nike won't let that work, and let me explain why I, I, I say that. Uh-oh. It's because the I jerseys won't be printed. Yeah. yeah, you know, the, the jerseys won't be printed. And they got to make their money right, off right, the All-Star right. jerseys. Right. So they, they got to right. have that available for the fans to buy that. But that's an enticing idea to attempt to do if there was a way to work around that. But um, I'm actually more in line with saying they need to go ahead, do it live, like you said, but do it around the same time in which they had it, but do it live so that the fans can see. But like you said earlier, you know, feelings might get hurt if someone gets selected last. And we saw that in, in Russell, Russell Westbrook, who believed he thought he was the last one picked, even though, bud, no, your name just starts with W and everything was done in alphabetical order. And it's like he needed that chip yeah. on his shoulder. So mm-hmm. the stuff like that is, is, is actually generates a, a, a different incentive to play outside of the money and, and slight competition that's involved. So, yes, fantastic move. I love to see that it happened. And thankfully, no major injuries happened. But the fact that Jimmy Butler said he wanted to sit out because, you know, he wanted to rest for the, the remainder of the season because he wasn't feeling well and he was sick. Shame on you, Jimmy, because, dude, you got yeah, a week off prior and you get a week off after. It's Wednesday now. Teams don't start playing until tomorrow. Dude, what's, what's the deal? You, you really need that much rest? Man, you know, you could have given this kind of to somebody else that wanted to play. But, yeah, you know. Exactly. exactly. You know, just, yeah. just, just go ahead, man. Don't, don't, don't kill me with the whole I need rest stuff. And you've got two weeks of rest. To, 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 a week before and a week after the All-Star game to, to get yourself right. But that was just the, that was out of everything else that went well, even with the competitions, even though the slam dunk contest will never be what it once was with our lore, you know, of, of Jordan mm-hmm. Dominique and, and Spud Webb and, and, and Larry Nance and Dr. J and the like. Even Saturday went well, in my personal opinion. You know, so everything was enjoyable with the exception of the, of course, the national anthem. And oh, uh, uh, what was the other Most thing that happened? Most of the next anthem was horrible. That's how bad it was. Yes. Yeah, we, we, we got that <laughs> out there. Was that was horrible. horrible. It was hilarious, too. Yes, which he should have. Which he should have. Because, you know, Carl Owens <laughs> ain't no singer, even though his attempt was horrible. He knows that I'm not a yeah. singer. I'm not trying to riff. But that whole lead-up, right. that whole montage leading up to the announcements with Kevin Hart, they could have done without that, too. So I'm just getting yeah. getting ready for for Charlotte next year, and I want to see one yeah. how the NBA does it, mm-hmm. and two how the state handles it after the whole HB two has now subsided and allowed for the game to come to the city. You know, what? I, I I think that uh, people in North Carolina, I'm not down there, but I'm going down there this weekend. But 
you know, mm. his family. But I, I think that folks will be happy to have it back. I know people are still bitter about the game leaving. Like, yeah. uh, was it last season when, like, like when it went to New Orleans? But, uh-huh. you know, I mean, did we, we go into politics, which makes me sick and nauseated. But uh, nevertheless, they're going to be they're, they're, those same people who are still bitter will be will be probably be happy when they see that money rolling in. So I yeah, think will. money kills all ills. Yes, it, it, know, it could kill her feelings and everything else. So I think the people in Charlotte would be happy. I think the state would be happy because they're going to get that pie piece of that pie too. So mm-hmm. I'm here's the here's to believe that all those hurt feelings will be smoothed over by a few greenbacks. Now getting back to uh, <laughs> the boys from Butler, um, yeah, uh, I mean, look, we all know that he plays for a coach of Tom Thibodeau, who grinds, cats, middle of the season as if it's Game Seven of the NBA Finals. We know that, mm. okay? He has a reputation. Even cats who swear by him, like Jimmy Butler, know that about him. But the, you know, at the same time, I think to your point, there were a lot of cats who would love to have a spot. I mean, because I mean, you can imagine how many players had they written to the contracts about bonuses, mm-hmm. all-star bonuses. You know what I'm saying? And also, <laughs> speaking of Sugar players, one of those players who probably would have from the Clippers, yes. who tweeted mm-hmm. at Jimmy Butler, clowning him. I don't have to tweet in front of me, but essentially clowning Butler over his decision, which is quite entertaining in and of itself. Um, <laughs> but but I get the point well taken. If you get if you ask me to vote in, unless you are hurt, like some guys were, mm-hmm. just show up. Just show up. I mean, come on. It's it's. It, I mean, I mean, please. I mean, you know, I'm speechless. But the whole thing is, just show up. Give the fans what they want. I mean, the the two top vote getters, one whom voted like picked you to be on this squad. Would have got some mm-hmm. cheddar. You're playing the game. I mean, it's just a bad look. It's just a bad look. I mean, to to sit out the All Star game saying you're sick. I mean, boo, freaking who, man? Come on, <laughs> seriously, come, come on. But outside of that, I, I just think it was it was it was it was it was a it was a, it was a pretty good All Star weekend. Even though, to your point, the slam dunk contest will never be what it once was when we were growing up. Mainly because the stars don't do it, but yeah. Uh, nevertheless, uh, the three-point shot was great. The skills competition was great. The All-Star game was even greater, and you know, three out of four ain't bad. So <laughs> we're gonna take the good with the little bad. Uh, but I, I'll say this: as far as your idea for the NBA draft, I mean, not the NBA, draft, but the uh, NBA All-Star game draft, I'd say. Instead of having like a week before, mm-hmm. have it like the Friday night. Have it like mm. the, like the Friday night because I'll give Nike and its mass production facilities up in Oregon enough time to produce jerseys. I mean, hell, I think they should already have jerseys produced anyway, but that's just not here nor there. But it will give them a little bit more time, right? And maybe, mm-hmm. just maybe. I mean, I would say have it like be like like ahead of that time and have the the uh, draft quote unquote live that Friday night, even though it probably was already decided like maybe a few days ago to give Nike time 
but it I mean it'll still take away the I guess the authenticity of it. But shoot, just just I mean it really it really gets thrown on a Thursday night. So have it on a Thursday. Just have mm. it, have it on a Thursday or Friday night. You know, you know that way. I mean it should give Nike the time to produce those judges, I would think. So that's the that I mean that's my only thing. Just have it for the Friday, like the first like like that Friday when things really start to kick off or of NBA All-Star Weekend, have it live, like have players all sitting in my house, and just 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 let TNT do its thing, and I I, I think it'll be great. I think it'll be awesome. Once we'll that, I'm, I'm just glad for a live draft. Yeah, I, I'm just glad for a live draft. I'm, I'm just <laughs> glad for a live live All-Star draft. Speaking of All-Star games, I mean, this one thing that did happen All-Star Weekend was the interview that LeBron James and Kevin Durant had with uh, Kerry Champion of ESPN. You know, they like 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 when they ride along in the car, they're going wait who, who I mean, who the hell knows where they're going, right? Or they're driving to. But they talk about a lot of things. And LeBron brought up, of course, when someone spray painted the N word on one of his palatial estates in Brentwood. Mm-hmm. Like, interesting enough, where OJ Simpson used to live. But anyway, LeBron James' comment about that and about President Donald Trump and the name of the series is called Rolling with the Champion. That's a carry champion from ESPN. Um, yes. That really set Laura Ingram off. We all know that. And which led to the infamous just shut up and dribble comment. Now, look, you and I could probably take her comments one of many, 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 many different directions. Mm-hmm. I mean, one could say it was racially king, you know, like in terms of like a dog, the the, the famous dog whistle of like you know a, a kid, not a black NBA player, not finishing high school. As she said, "quote This is what happens when you attempt to leave high school a year early on the NBA," which was obviously not the case. He's now he finished high school. He graduated in the top half of his, in the top pink quarter of his class, if I'm not mistaken. He's a bright guy. He could have easily went to college if he wanted to. Okay, had over three had over three zero in high school. I mean, he's not a dummy. All right, so there's that, and, and that also feeds into, and, and that also feeds into, you know, certain segment of our population who think that black athletes, especially basketball players, are dumb. So mm-hmm. we all know about that as well. And I could speak to the ignorance of her comments when she said that, you know, leaving high school year early to join the NBA and not realizing that LeBron is much bigger than basketball. He's like an icon now. And, you know, he, he, the dude's worldwide, and he has a lot to say about different issues, which I appreciate him more than I did one Michael Jordan, who didn't say anything about anything until long after he retired. But – one thing I want to focus on is, you know, and, and actually one more thing I, I want to say. Um, her Shut Up and Dribble comments came from a book that she put out in 2003 called Shut Up and Sing, where she ah. went off on the Dixie Chicks and Bette Midler, I think. Well, no, no, I'm sorry, not Bette Midler, but Laura Streis, but Barbara Streisand, rather. She, okay. she told those two when they came out against former President George W. Bush, to, quote, shut up and sing. 
So that was her little carryover from Sharp and Dribble. I get that. Oh. And she probably didn't have any racial malice in the in her mind and her heart. She probably again just a little alliteration of what she said in two thousand three. Mm-hmm. My problem is with the hypocrisy of her statements. And basically if she basically, if she just like pretty much told LeBron James, Kevin Durant, the Dixie Chicks and Barbara Streisand to stick to whatever, and stay out of politics. Why didn't she say that to Clint Eastwood when he yeah. came out in support of our president? Why didn't she say that to, like, to Kid Rock, like, like, like tell Kid Rock to just shut up and make music? Why didn't mm-hmm. she tell Coach Bob Knight to shut up and coach? Why didn't she tell my favorite one, why didn't she tell Joe the plumber when he came out <laughs> against then Senator Barack Obama during the presidential race and had his 15 minutes last all over Fox News because of that. Why didn't she or anyone tell his ass to go to shove a go plump? To, to, like, like to go fix his sink or fix a toilet. Mm-hmm. It's because those people agree with her politics. They agree exactly. with her opinions. Nothing's wrong. I'm not getting on Laura Ingram from having an opinion. That's her right to say what she said, just like it is LeBron James's right to say what he said. He mm-hmm. has an opinion on President Trump, some of, most of which I agree with. I'll put myself out there. I don't care. And I think some of which you agree with. Of and course. Most, it turns out to be most other people agree with. But the bottom line is it's our right as American citizens they have opinions on government elected uh, uh, public elected officials, just like it was her opinion to say to come out against LeBron's opinions, just like it was Clint Eastwood and all those other people, Kids Rock, Coach Bob Knight, uh, uh, um, what's his name, the actor, God dang it, um, which Chuck one? Because like she just like, exactly. Because, you know, she came out in defense of Scott Baio, um, Antonio yeah. Sabato Jr. So there are a lot of people that yeah. she came out in defense of. And one who I'm going to say for a little bit later when I, when I have uh, mm-hmm. my comments to say in terms of who she defended. But um, like you said, this, her, her remarks could have been, been taken multiple ways. Of course, the easy yeah. one is to take it racially. And I didn't want to necessarily mm-hmm. do that. I don't like instantaneously pointing at someone and calling them a racist if their views or opinions, one, may be opposite of mine, and two, may be completely misunderstood at the time, even though it may elude that way. So I didn't want to necessarily do that, but it's easy to do so, especially when you don't find her being critical of Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich, who have said the exact exactly. same things, if not yes. worse. Yes. You say that she was critical of the Dixie Chicks, and of uh, uh, Barbara Streisand. So I'm like, okay, so it's entertainers. But it's not all entertainers because, of course, like you just said, she's not critical of those that share the views of her. And that was one of the things that I was going to point out. And I just find it highly interesting. One of the other people, and and, 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 and it wasn't just entertainers because it's also athletes. She also came to the defense of Kurt Schilling. I don't know if you remember or not, but Schilling (laughs) made a comment about uh, 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 comparing radical Islam 
to being a Nazi. And, of course, ESPN slapped them on the hand with that and said, no, 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 you can't come out and say stuff like that. And apparently, Ms. Ingraham didn't like those, the way that ESPN responded to Kurt Schilling. So what I did was I read a tweet that she retweeted. that It was an article written about ESPN's mishandling of Kurt Schilling and them def- defending yeah. Schilling. And part of the defense was, and, and, and for her to retweet this, she has to be in support of the article, it said that basically Kurt Schilling was being kept out of the Baseball Hall of Fame because he's vocal about his support of the military and of Christianity. Nah, bruh. That's the reason why. Check that dude's veins. Check his butt cheeks. Listen to the, the, the injections to see how many steroid hits he done took. That's the reason why he's potentially, allegedly, being held out of, not of his views. Trust me, there are a lot of people in the hall of any sport whose views I don't necessarily agree with, but right. the one thing you can't do as an athlete is be a cheater and be caught on it or be kept found guilty thoroughly throughout the court of uh, a public opinion and get into a Hall of Fame. And Kurt Schilling is one of those dudes. So I just find it funny that she's in support of that athlete and not LeBron James. No, I understand why she doesn't do it, but it's just hilarious. You got the cheater in Kurt Schilling. You got the alleged cheater in Tom Brady, who she also supports. But players like LeBron James and, and Kevin Durant, who haven't been alleged of cheating as far as we know of, you know they haven't been caught playing the game as clean as possible, hard workers, and, and do nothing but want to succeed. Once again, man, I just I just find it just because they have different views. And I understand that's what her show was about, is to go ahead and rob mm-hmm. up her base, which is part of the and, reason why I don't like to pay right. attention. Yeah. To that type of stuff, because it is what it is. You know, it's 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 to do what it just did, create a reaction right. and create buzz, which draws attention to her show, regardless of how it's done, and potentially yeah, even exactly. her book. For someone That's like you, who, who has done the research and said that she said mm-hmm. something similar to that when she wrote her book, those type of people will be like, "Well, let me see what she wrote in her book," and it may push out a couple mm-hmm. more units because of that. So, yeah, it worked. Was like Costello, by the way. <laughs> he was on exactly. So, make more money. Exactly. Just a little <laughs> bit, you know. But, you know, I, 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 right. it's just stuff like that, man. I try, to, I try to brush over. And I'm glad that LeBron James handled it as best he, as he did, especially throughout the weekend. And I'm just surprised that no one, as far as I saw, quizzed him up on it. And I, I guess he just decided he wasn't going to talk about it as much. But yeah, he handled it the best way he possibly could, man. And I, I guess that's what you—that's what you do when you have part of a high school education, right? So let me ask you this before I get involved in further. So, was, I remember Kurt Schilling was played. He obviously played in the story in the, the quote unquote steroid era of baseball. But was he one of those mm-hmm. people who was on the Dowdy on the Dow report along with Barry Bonds and all those other cats? I think. I think that he was him and Clemens. I think that mm. they were. Mm. I got I got to check on that because I know Roger Clemens was obviously. That's why he's going to be mm-hmm. kept out. But uh, that's just but but that, that's not here nor there. But basically, I'm glad you brought Kurt Schilling 
He was another, well, I'll be a former athlete, former great pitcher in major leagues, but, again, to your point, that's why I, I just, I just, I'm, I'm screaming hypocrisy at this, at, at Laura Ingram, because other athletes, other non-politicians, non-political pundits have opinions on, 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 on all things, or anything, you know, anything uh, political. That's how we are. We pay, mm-hmm. pay attention. A lot of us read. A lot of us like listen to the news. A lot of us read news, and we, you know, and, and that is. I mean that. I mean that's a coming. It's like a coming upon me to know what's going on as American citizen, a citizen of this world, just as it is LeBron James, just as it is about was about Coach Schilling, Sabeo, uh Clint Eastwood, Coach Bob Knight, former Coach Bob Knight, Kid Rock, all those other cats who she's agreed to never caught on the carpet. That's their right. It's also my right, your right, LeBron James's right, Kevin Durant's right. Anyone else is right. That's that's our yeah. God-given Amer- rights as Americans. And for her to just disrespectfully brush a bunch of society as if he's he's nothing. I mean, shoot, LeBron James is the ultimate American dream. He came from nothing, and look at him now. He made some of exactly. Through hard work and determination, and and look at what he is. He went from being a very poor kid in Akron, Ohio to being a worldwide icon in less than 20 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just something. It's, it's, that's the American dream. Same with Kevin Durant, even though Kevin Durant didn't have the harder background as, as LeBron, but still, a lot of those guys, a lot of those guys are the American dream. If they achieve people like Laura, they wouldn't can realize that. I mean, it's just, it just unfortunate. It's just unfortunate. It's simple. And that's that's been going on for the past like at least nine, ten, eleven, twelve like years. Like since George W. Bush to be honest with you. So, um it is what it is and it's unfortunate, but again, I I just, it just frustrates me that I see who 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 like who's a, who's who doesn't agree with your opinion and say stick to sports or stick to this. Just because they yeah. agree, which I think is just unproductive and just very, very stupid. If you're gonna call out LeBron James Call out Coach Schiller, call out Clarence Wood to stay in their lanes as well. But of course, that's not going to happen. So I just wish no. that he would have just left things alone. You know, say anything about people who who are outside politics who happen to agree with you. Because at least be consistent. Again, I'm not exploiting her for having an opinion. I'm just I'm just getting on her for being hypocritical. That's pretty mm. much the bottom line, and I think you are too. So yeah. But I will say this. I will say this right quick. I I understand why people thought it was it was a racially changed comment because, to your point, you mentioned this. She didn't go after Steve Kerr. She didn't go after Greg Popovich. She didn't go after Stan Van Gundy. She didn't go after Adam Silver. Other, mm-hmm. you know, or she didn't go after Chris Long, or the Philadelphia Eagles, or other white like uh, uh, personalities in sports. Or whoever coach being coaches, players, or executives, or whoever, of having the same opinions as LeBron and Kevin Durant. I just find that very interesting. Maybe because she doesn't know much about it. That may be the case. I I don't know. Hell, she thought that LeBron was a high school dropout. That she probably doesn't know much about Steve Kerr. <laughs> 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 I mean, 
But, I mean, it could be. It's possible. That's why I think people True. jumped on the voice of Daniel, which I think is too easy of a bandwagon to jump on anyway, but that's not here nor there. But I just think exactly. that more – I think it was more ignorance on her part to assume that LeBron didn't finish high school. And, B, I think, again, we touched on this already, I just find it, I find it very hypocritical about how she – she, she wrote her comments and how she got on them for not staying in their lane. But again, other non, non, non-political pundits or whoever who agree with her tell them not to stay in their lane as well. So it's, it is what it is, but, you know, I'm tired of talking about it. <laughs> yeah, I know, but, but just two quick things, you know, just the yeah. whole slapping the label of racism on it as easily as people have. To be a devil's advocate in this situation, had it been other people in that video, had Greg Popovich or Steve Kerr been in that video interview with them and should not address them, mm-hmm. then I really would have had an issue. But it's, once again, you know, being, like you said, possibility she may have been ignorant to the fact that they made those comments. Maybe she's not. But just like I said before, just being devil's advocate, that's who was in the video that's who she went after. So, once again, you, you have to write the things you want. Just please be prepared with your responses and be educated with your responses and, and not be hypocritical with the things that you say. And, and, well, she's going to be hypocritical because that's, that's what those type of TV hosts do, especially from that particular network. And I just find it entertaining that – that network, Fox News, is as conservative as it is, with Fox Sports being as liberal at it as it is. I'm just, I just, yeah. I, I just try to, I find that very entertaining how they both those networks from the same family tug on both sides of, of, of that that vote like that. But one thing that we forgot to talk about as it pertains to the All Star Game, and this is going to be really quick. We know, of course, yeah, the sure. owners and and, and and the uh, the uh, a, a commission of the NBA, they get together and they also meet during the NBA All Star Weekend. And one of the right. things that they talked about during the weekend was the potential of going ahead and doing a reseeding of the NBA playoffs. Yeah, where you take the eight teams from both conferences and reseed them one through sixteen based on their record and having them play out that way. That will be rather interesting. And you know, we could, we'll touch on uh, more on that when they, when the playoffs start because I know you have a lot to say and I have a lot of thoughts on that as well. So um, it's, it's, it should it should be interesting to debate. Maybe we'll bring a bit of hours on to 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 wrap with us about it as well and have you know like a little three way argument. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think that has a potential to a lot of good. A lot mm-hmm. of that. So, yeah. so we'll definitely, we'll definitely, t- we'll definitely. That's something that, and I want you to hold me to it, bro. When the NBA playoffs come, text me or whatever, and say, hey, 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 hey Negro, but don't forget to talk about this. We'll do. We'll do. I'm sure people will be talking about it around that time. So I hold you to that. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> nice. But um, speaking of. I know we I know we we were going from exciting to one of to to a side of being hypocritical and uh, and, and ignorant. 
This right here with the NCAA, what they're doing to Louisville, is straight oh. stupid. I, I don't get the idea of vacating past wins, past accomplishments, past championships. Point. We all know what happened. I mean, hell, yeah. unless unless Mark Emmer coming going to come around the, the country and do like a men in black thing and wipe away our memories of, from 2013, we all saw <laughs> Louisville win the 2013 National Championship of Basketball. That's not going to change. Just like when they tried to take away, well, actually they did take away a lot of Joe Paterno's wins. They didn't do anything. Maybe embarrass the university just a little bit, but they didn't do really do anything because we saw Joe Paterno win those games. Same yeah. with uh, uh, Syracuse head coach, uh, uh, Coach uh, Beheim, Jim, Jim, Jim Beheim, when they took away some of those wins from when he had allegedly had ineligible players playing. Mm-hmm. Those games happen. It happens. I mean, so what's so, so okay? So what's into the WA going to do? Give get the championship to the second place second place team? Oh, that's Not why happening. I forgot who that second place team was because no one remembers <laughs> the losers. <laughs> okay, no one remembers who lost. I ain't about to look it up because hell, I don't know. I don't know who Louisville beat. Maybe it was a, the College of the Blind. I don't care. The, fun, the point is, <laughs> Louisville won the title that year. Seriously. I mean, what's I – don't, I, don't, I, I just don't get why, why, the, why, why the NCAA would punish players who play on those, those teams who had no damn thing, who had nothing to do with any of that what was alleged. Like, I mean, look. I get that stripper gate at, at, at Louisville was, 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 was pretty bad. I get that. I mean, hell, mm-hmm. they had a brothel on campus. <laughs> I, I get that. But what what does vacating the national championship do? I mean, that, I mean, look, I, I, look, look again. Louisville got all the money from winning. They're not giving. They're, I mean, they're, they're not going to ask Louisville to give all the Final Four money back. They're no, not going to give away like all those rewards back. They no. don't want the damn banner to go down. That's just that, yeah. again. That's stupid. That's just stupid and rather toothless, in my opinion. I mean, I, I just wish the, I just wish the NCAA would just stop it with trying to vacate stuff because I mean they did the same thing with the Fast Five. I mean I'm thinking of a uh-huh. bunch of uh, I'm just thinking of a bunch of bunch of uh, examples off my head. Seriously, really. I mean, look, the Fast Five, no matter what they do at Michigan and taking those banners down, the Fast Five still played at Michigan. Uh-huh. <laughs> we saw the Fast Five play for two years, from 91 to 93. Should have won the damn title against Carolina that, that, that you, know, you know, in the second year, but that's not a hero there. Oh, I got on that one. Oh. Yeah, uh, no. Well, they were better in Carolina yet, but but but, but yeah. anyway, I mean, it's, I guess the classic example of the better team not winning. But the fact of the matter is, is that I th- I just think that vacating titles, vacating accomplishments, is just stupid because we saw it happen. It's no, we're not going to block it away out of our minds. I mean, maybe not the at all. Give a damn or the rival fans, but even they're not going to block it out of their minds because they saw it happen too. So no matter yeah. how many UK fans or Kentucky fans 
are piling on Louisville the past couple of days, they know that the 2013 champion was Louisville. <laughs> you know, they don't even, probably don't even remember who the team that they beat was. Because, again, Louisville remembers second place. And what did the great Dale Earnhardt genius, I mean, the great Dale Earnhardt senior say? Second place is the first loser. Yes. And my days say that, too. So, you know, <laughs> no one cares. So I'm I'm guessing that the set, whoever the hell Louisville beat in 2013 will be like no no thank you because we know that we didn't win. <laughs> you know, so anyway, that's all I have to say. But I, I, just, I just had to go on that soapbox and get it off my chest because I just think that whole concept of vacating wins and titles it's just stupid. It is, and I completely agree with you. But the petty side of me is like you know what. I do remember one of the teams that Louisville beat on their way to that national championship, and that was my North Carolina A&T State University Aggies. And the reason why I remember <laughs> it was because Louisville set a record. I mean, along with the fact that, yes, A&T made it to the tournament, but Louisville set a record mm-hmm. with the most steals in a tournament game that day. And Iron Eagle, who commentated that game, made sure to remind fans of that accomplishment for the following two games that Louisville played in. I'm like, come on, bro, let it go. Let it go. So hearing that resonate for the next two games after that game, yeah, that still sticks with me. And so the penny side of me is like, ha-ha, you got to get that back, Bammers. But one of the things that they don't have to give back is the championship wings. The players still keep that. Yep. The program doesn't yeah. necessarily suffer. <laughs> the, 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 the players don't necessarily suffer. The coach, no. yeah, he suffers because, one, he has that nasty tattoo on his shoulder, and, two, yeah, he got <laughs> fired. But he doesn't yeah. necessarily suffer for, you know, for, for that situation alone, you know, for, for, that, for that championship. Now, if the NCAA were like, okay, we're going to go ahead and make your program dead for a couple of years. That's the way to hurt the program if that's what you want to do. You want to go ahead and, and catch somebody's ire? Suspend them from postseason play for a couple of years. That's a way to mm. go ahead and catch a program's attention. You do stuff like that. Excuse me. You do stuff with a bite to sure, make sure. that program look and also to make other programs think, dude, we may not want to mess around. But if all you're doing is taking banners and players are still, cap- or still capable of walking away with keepsakes like hats, T-shirts, and rings, you're not, you're not doing nothing to nobody, bro. And video, too. Nothing and at video. all. And video. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, there's video on that. It's, I mean, it's, they're going to still have their reunions. They're still going yeah. be, be, to eat for free in Louisville. <laughs> yeah. For the rest of their lives. I mean, it's, it's it's just silly. And to your point about suspending for a couple of years of postseason play, yeah, I think that has teeth. I just feel bad about them really punishing players who had nothing to do with that because that exactly. I get you on that one. Yeah, yeah, that's way after the fact. That would be punishing players that know who had even no who were even around for that. I mean, yeah. but I, I see you working. Though. I see you working. I I just think. I just think Daisy LeBay is just toothless. It's a toothless organization. They 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 they, they should really let the I, I hate to say to say this because of, it's like almost like the inmates want to be asylum, but I think it's time to let colleges govern themselves. I I, I, mm. I really do because 
we all know if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. You ain't trying. And it's only cheating you ain't never if your ass gets caught. It's only yes. cheating if you get caught. Yeah, I mean, we all know that. I mean, hell, it's an open, it's a open, it's openly understood in the SEC, folks. I'm not going to pick on the SEC specifically, but it happens in all the college campuses, college uh, mm-hmm. conferences. But it's known in SEC that people cheat. It's about yeah. covering how well you cover that up. I mean, that stuff that went on with Auburn and Cam Newton, or as Alabama alums call them, Scam Newton. Alabama fans cut me up. But, uh, but at any rate, that stuff happens. I mean, with Mississippi, well, that whole thing between Mississippi and Mississippi State, uh, uh-huh. like surrounded uh, uh, former coach Hugh Freeze and those call girls on this. How stupid you have to be with that calling from a campus phone to get calls oh. from campus. But, um, but look, it's, it's it's known because I don't know if it went on A and T for undergrad because I went there for grad school. But when I was in mm-hmm. NC State, we used to go to Carolina and hang out on weekends to have friends with the Chapel Hill, the school in Chapel Hill. They had what they uh-huh. call the Carolina Blues. The Carolina Blues were. Gorgeous women. I mean, gorgeous women who were in the quote-unquote welcoming committee for prospective athletes. We know all that, what that means, right? <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, we all know what that means. Welcoming committee, my ass. <laughs> hey, let me be a part of that welcoming committee. Um, <laughs> let me just put in the this guy, committee's activities. I'm, I'm going to be truthful right about this. I'm going to be truthful okay, about this. As far as I know, it doesn't happen on HBCU campuses because I haven't seen it, nor have I heard about yeah. it. But, my God, am I waiting for it to happen? Am I waiting for it to, for it to come out? As, as a media guy, I'm waiting for it to happen. But as an HBCU lover, I don't want it to come out at all. So I'm in that interesting place where, yes, I've dreamed of stuff like this happening, at an HBCU, because I want to say that we're just like the big boys, but at the same time, man, I know stuff like this will be damaging to a HBCU program, and, and I really don't want that to happen. So I, I have I have mixed emotions about that happening on that level. You think because the stereotypes are come out about HBCUs and black kids in general, or it's just that, that don't might want be to part of it. it. Uh-huh. The stereotypes uh, uh, could be part of it. Money could be part of it. Um, yeah. the, the fact that, you know, actually the stereotype of HBCU coaches knowing everything and making sure that their program stays as clean as possible, that could be part of it. You know, so it, it, it's, mm. it's a whole lot of stuff that could be a reason why it doesn't happen on that level. Well, I, I, I should say, mm that we don't know of it happening. Or maybe people don't even necessarily care. I would say that maybe HCCU fans would care. I, if I, I, come I out. think most people don't give a damn. I think most people don't mm. give a damn. I don't I know. Really I think do. if I, it was I, their school yeah. and it came out and it was it was real salacious, somebody would care. But mm-hmm. being that, you know, I don't, think, I don't think the media necessarily cares as a whole. So that, that might be part yeah. of it, too. That might be yeah. part of it too. I, I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> remember, homeboys are saying we're like, yeah, we we weren't even a 
college athletes. <laughs> <laughs> Again, because I remember those years in the mid-'90s, hanging on Chapel Hill, going to those clubs on Franklin Street, and oh. seeing those young women scantily clad, walking around with prospective athletes. And actually, I got a quick, quick story for you. Quick story for you. Um, there's mm-hmm. a there's a particular club we used to go to. We used to frequent a lot when we ever visited Chapel Hill. And I remember again, this was like maybe 1996, 95, 96. Um, Drake, this is this is back when Carolina had a great football team under Matt Brown. Mm-hmm. So we're in there, <laughs> and we're like trying to get a dance floor, right? Because since it's lobster, since the demographics is lopsidedly in favor of men because they're like two mm. or three women for every one guy on Chapel Hill. So we're in Okay. And it's all flavors, all colors and flavors. So 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 we're in there. And so we're trying to get our dance on. We 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 like we actually make a headway, if you will. And I heard someone chuckle in the corner and go, Get him, get him, bro, get him. I turned around, it was Dre Bly with two <laughs> of those Carolina blues hanging all over him. I'm like, yo, uh, yo, he he was just pumping his fist at me and my crew, man, for getting it. And then I turned <laughs> to my right, and who I see, Julius Peppers, oh. this big behemoth of a brother, yeah, just with three or four of them just hanging all over. And I'm like, yo, <laughs> and shoot, ain't no way I couldn't even. Study about an athlete. <laughs> hard mean, times, bro. Hard I mean, times. I'm just, I'm saying, hard. It's hard to be a student athlete, I guess. But uh, <laughs> a high profile one. But nevertheless, oh. I should But yeah, I was gonna say we we got the travelers at T when I was undergrad. So you know, when when you whenever the, the athletes got tired of dealing with the young ladies on their campus, you know, I've seen the uh-huh. life of Stackhouse. She Wallace, I've seen Tim Duncan and Ray Childress come up for homecoming. So, yeah, whenever you get tired oh, of dealing with Duncan, stickers in the yard, yeah, they come to tea, bro. They come to tea. They know. <laughs> you said they know. <laughs> they know. <laughs> hey, let me get my way up borough, bro. <laughs> I'm picturing Rashid and uh, Stackhouse, two boys' brothers, <laughs> on that campus. Oh, man, I know that. Um, but one one I think you mentioned Tim Duncan. One last story, I promise you. When my brother after after my brother plays Alpha at Winston State, you know they're about mm-hmm. the same age. So, and Wake Forest is like is like maybe ten mile drive from from Winston State on the other side of town. Yeah. So, he, my brother Mick told me at every frat party, a constant guest was Tim Duncan. He will almost ah. always show up at his at at, at their alpha parties, and he got plenty of love, plenty plenty of love. But yeah, he would he would he would sometimes bring some white girls from uh, from from the forest over the party with uh, with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Long move, so we, bro. That made me think about what my brother always said about him. He he dad, he actually knew him, and so. Yeah, oh, wow. I thought that I thought that was pretty, pretty cool story too. So yeah, we have stories about athletes today as well. But that travel <laughs> yeah, thing, that travel thing, that's a trip. 
That's an absolute trip. And I know we're off topic, but damn it, I don't care because that was that's one cool ass story. That's one cool ass story. Oh man. Speaking of HBCUs, man, we'll get you out here on this. I know we've seen conference breakups throughout the years with real on it. But it's from like Miami, Boston College, Virginia Tech, leaving the Big East, the ACC, especially mm-hmm. it was really bad when Syracuse and Pitt left to go to ACC. And it was even more of a brouhaha when Missouri left the Big 12 to go to the SEC. Uh-huh. And Nebraska stepped away out of the Big 12 to go to the Big 10. And perhaps the most Perhaps the most salacious, well, not salacious, but but uh, I'm trying to figure out the the as to describe the whole Maryland ACC breakup. We're still breaking oh, my heart. Wow, I'm ACC fan. I'm still not used yeah. to Maryland as a Big Ten. I saw them play um, Minnesota the other night, and I was like, I still have to get used to that. That's been four or five years. You still have to get used to it, don't you? Yeah, I, I'm still not used to. It. I'm not. I'm not used to seeing Maryland as a Big Ten school. I'm sorry. I probably never will. <laughs> I probably never will. Neither am I. But that. Yeah. Was, but that was a messy ass breakup. I mean, I know you were close mm-hmm. to it in Maryland, but that was a messy breakup. Now that kind of looks like that pales in comparison to what's happened with Hampton and, and the MIAC. Yes. And I know you have a whole lot to say about that. I'm gonna give you the floor. I promise you, in less than two minutes. <sighs> But there is a write-up on the on the undefeated, uh, written by William C. Rowland, which is a, one of my favorite sports columnists. Uh, my man, Morgan State's line. own, yes. Yeah, that's right, Morgan State's own, exactly. Great, great, great sports writer. He, Good he, dude, I've he, met him before. He, he, oh, great, great, great. He, he, and, um, he interviewed William Harvey, who's the president, the longtime president of Hampton, and he said uh-huh. that – the leader conference was decades in the making, which I found very interesting. Mm-hmm. So they, I mean, they've only been a member of the MEAC since 1995. I didn't realize that. I, you know, you figure yeah. Hampton was a longtime member, but but they, 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 oh, they no. come from the CIAA or something? CIAA, yes, sir. CIAA. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I didn't know that, but but be that as it may, um, you know. They're, they're about to leave to go to the Big South Conference to be with the likes of Winthrop College. I mean, I mean, sorry, Charleston Southern, UNC Asheville, mm-hmm. um, and among other schools, uh, what, High Point University, as well as yep. Campbell. Um, Liberty. And, of course, yeah, yep, Liberty, Longwood, and Radford. So, basically, they're going to, they, they don't have to travel as much, you know, because the Big South is centralized between Virginia and the Carolinas. So, uh-huh. but they've been looking for, but Hampton, I didn't realize Hampton was looking to get out of the for a while. And so mm-hmm. maybe the same reason why Tennessee State competes in the Ohio Valley Conference, maybe because of bigger, more exposure, more money, who who knows. But I, I'm not privy, I just I just became privy to the pettiness that's going on between Hampton and the MEAC. So <laughs> I'm going to turn it over to you, since you're a hell of a lot closer to the, than I am. So tell tell them. Penance is going on, and, and why you think this is such a a a, a what's the word I want to use? Um, a a, a kafufa of, of sorts, I guess. 
That's a, that's a good word to use for it. And I'm going to go ahead and start it by saying this. Anyone listening that hears what I'm saying and, and, and feels as though that something that I'm saying is wrong, you can always address me or you can catch me on social media, especially on Twitter. That's at Dwayne yep. underscore Nash, or you can catch me at the yard dash HBC, well, actually the yard HBCU or on Twitter, because I, I don't want to get mm-hmm. anything wrong. And if I do, I want to make sure that I'm corrected. But like you said, yeah. um, back on November 16th, Hampton announced that they will be making a move to the Big South. And, of course, like any other team that makes a move to another conference, it's all financial-based. Like you said, part of it is because they won't have to spend as much money on the traveling, being that the majority of the schools that will be in the conference with them, with the exception of a couple of additions, are there in both Virginia and North Carolina and South Carolina. Now, those mm-hmm. additions will be Kennesaw State, which is right outside of, of Atlanta, and Monmouth University, which is actually already in the conference, which is in New Jersey. Now, what's the significance of those two schools being added into this conference, which is based mainly in the South? Monmouth, you have that New York TV market. Kennesaw, you have that Atlanta TV market. With the Big mm. South, which is starting its own TV network. I've already been on the show, and I've mm. talked about that briefly as a reason why that's the reason. That, along with the travel money saved and exposure, is the reason why Hampton is making a move to the Big South. But mm. in their exit, um, in their exit uh, announcement, the, uh, uh, the president of Hampton made it clear that he was still willing to keep relationships with HBCUs and the MEAC and continue to play games against these institutions as they make their transition. This is where the problem comes out. Like you said before, mm-hmm. Hanson has been looking to make a move for years. As a matter of fact, rumor has it, there are other institutions that are looking to make moves or have been looking to make moves outside of the MEAC and not only be mm-hmm. – well, and to join Hampton and Tennessee State as the two other HBCUs not in the main HBCU conference outside of UDC, but UDC is D2, and, and, and nobody's even looking that far out. But that's a whole other conversation for another time. But this mm. is where it starts to get crazy. Last week it was announced that Hampton will not be playing any MEAC teams on their schedule. So it made it seem mm. from the outside looking in that Hampton was responsible for not wanting to play any of the MEAC teams. Hampton said, no, 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 we're not going to let that come out and make us look ugly. So the president decides to write a letter, an inset letter. It talks about how the MEAC had come up with uh, uh, vindictive sanctions and unreasonable demands on Hampton if they wanted to go ahead and compete MEAC teams for 2018. But the thing that makes it interesting to me is the fact that, you know, Hampton will be leaving the conference in July 1 of this year. Why do I bring that up? Because Hampton has a list of items or, or, or why they, or a list of items of unfair sanctions that the BF has placed upon them or that they feel as though is unfair. But I'm like, hold on, wait a minute. If you look at these things that the, the, the MEAC is, is, is putting on Hampton, 
I don't know necessarily mm-hmm. if they're actually unreasonable. Now, let me go ahead and, and, and read the letter. Do tell. It says here, I'm sorry? I, I said do tell, do tell. I'm all in. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I just wanted to make sure that, that audio was, was good and, and that you could hear me. Okay, it says mm-hmm. here. Now, as part of the letter, the letter starts out saying that Hampton was willing to play an eight-game football schedule with the MEAC in 2018, right? But, of course, right. the MEAC said, no, you can't do that unless you follow our rules. So, as part of the issue, Hampton lists that, you know, they must, you know, play a full eight-game schedule slate in, in, in its 2018 football schedule. Hampton says that that's an issue because this demand hamstrings Hampton from scheduling games with his future conference teams in the Big South. Wait a minute. How is that possible? Mm. You just said in the letter that you were willing to play an eight-game schedule. Now you're saying that it's an issue to play it because you won't be able to play eight uh, Big South opponents? I'm trying to understand which one is it. But that may come up a little bit later in their list of, uh, of, of demands by the MEAC. Demand number two is Hampton will not be eligible for any MEAC championships following its, its effective date of withdrawal from the MEAC. The Hampton says that demand eliminates any opportunity for Hampton to earn a bid to a bowl game in football, an automatic invitation in basketball for winning a conference championship, or from being considered for an at-large bid in other sports. My question to this is, is, is this, Hampton. Why should you be able to win a, a conference championship? You're leaving the conference July 1, so you're no longer a member. Yes, you're playing a MEAC right. schedule, but you're no longer a conference member. So how does that work out, that a non-conference member can win the conference championship? That's crazy. That's crazy. That doesn't like make any sense whatsoever. Yeah. Exactly. And so next one is Hampton will not be eligible for any conference superlatives and awards such as player of the week, coach of the year, et cetera, et cetera. And it says here that the, uh, the demand penalizes Hampton student-athletes and the coaches who excel on the playing field or in the classroom because it also includes, you know, the academic awards that they give out for student-athletes. My response to that is, once again, you're playing a conference schedule, but you're no longer a conference member. So you shouldn't be able to win conference awards if you're not a conference member. That doesn't make any sense to right. me. It, it just doesn't. Um, number four, Hampton will be a non-conference opponent for all member institutions. Hampton's response to that is this demand makes Hampton the only independent college in NCAA Division One football effectively ending hopes of qualifying for a bowl game. First and foremost, no, they won't be the only Division One independent football team. Have you heard of Army? Have you heard of Notre Dame? Have you heard of BYU? Right. I understand that, mm-hmm. yes, those teams are FBS schools, but your statement was Division One. It wasn't FCS. Yes, you will be the only FCS, but you know what? That's because, one, you wanted to play an eight-game schedule uh, against conference opponents that you're no longer in that conference of. That happens. Also, there aren't any bowl games in FCS football, with the exception, of course, of the Celebration Bowl. Celebration and the only Bowl. way that yeah. you can become 
uh, a team playing in the Celebration Bowl is if you're playing in the MIAC or SWAT. So if you want to play in the Celebration Bowl, bro, go ahead and join an HBCU conference. But it does not keep you from playing a playoff game. That, my friend, is not true. Now, if your record is good enough and the voters for FCS football playoffs think that your record and strength of schedule is strong enough to compete in the playoffs, then, yes, you'll probably be selected as an at-large team to compete in the playoffs. So what's your beef? I'm still trying to understand that. Number five, Hampton is required full eight-game NEAC football schedule for 2019 to 2021 unless both institutions agree not to play. This goes back to my earlier statement about the whole eight-game thing. So my guess is the MEAC is saying if you want to play an eight-game schedule in 2018, you're going to also have to play an eight-game schedule in 2019, 20, and 21 which is kind of messed up. I will agree with Hampton on that one. It says here that this three-year demand is impossible since Hampton will belong to the Big South and will schedule eight conference games these seasons. In addition, Hampton is being forced to pay financial losses caused by failure to play NEAC opponents. You know, it says, you know, and now, like I said before, if they're obligated to play these games, if they agree to the 2018 schedule, I see why that's a problem. Mm-hmm. And shame on you, MEAC, for, for making them do that. Uh, number six, Hanson will not be eligible for any MEAC revenue distribution from MEAC subsequent to June 30th, 2018, including any future revenue that will otherwise be obligated to a current, keyword there is current, MEAC mm-hmm. conference member. Hampton says this demand means that Hampton will receive no revenue from the MEAC, including event revenue sharing from playing a member school during the remainder of the year. Dude, of course you're not going to get any money. You're no longer a conference member. Just because you're playing this conference schedule does not mean that you're obligated to receive conference money. That's not how this works. Now, one of the things that, that they pointed out in the letter was that they were supposed to uh, uh, inform the MEAC on July 1, 2007, that they were going to make a move. They didn't let it be known until November 16th. So, yes, any penalty <coughs> that Hampton would face because of the late notification is on Hampton, not on the conference. Bruh, that was on you. You should have won <laughs> either try to come to some sort of agreement beforehand, making the announcement, or shortly thereafter, or two, wait until July 1 of 2018 and say that you were going to make the move in 19 and hold your horses. But no, you want to go ahead and jump the shark and make the announcement early? Now, do I say that that the MEAC is being a little petty about making them having to play a 2019, 20, and 21 schedule if they want to play an 18 schedule? Yes. That is mm-hmm. petty. But other than that, man, yeah. everything else is well within the MEAC's right to say that you're not uh, eligible to do because you're no longer a member. So with all of that said and all of the whining and dining, well, not whining and dining, all of the whining and crying that Hampton did in this letter about 
oh, poor, oh, woe is me, the MEAC is doing to us, this to us. To have the president follows up all of those things with this statement. Over the past few years, higher-ranking athletic conferences have courted Hampton University for a potential conference membership, including the Big South, whose power ranking is 25th in the nation. MEAC's ranking is 31st amongst 32 NCAA Division I athletic conferences in the nation, which equates to being at the bottom of the Division I as refers to several conference power rankings. Hampton deserves to unite athletics when, well, with its celebrated upward trajectory in academics. How petty was that of Hampton <clears throat> to put that out there? Matter of fact, I looked at the um, the BPI rankings on ESPN before doing the the, the, the show tonight. Actually, mm-hmm. the MEAC is ranked 32nd out of 32 on, on ESPN's website. But what you're trying to tell me is that it's the MEAC's fault that talent, it's solely on the MEAC or the SWAC in this case because the SWAC is 31st, that the talent won't go to the MEAC or SWAC, but they'll go to every place else. Is that what Hampton is trying to say? I just find it highly disrespectful that they would do that knowing the plight of HBCUs, knowing how difficult, even for themselves, to get talented athletes to come to their institution and play. They know this, man. How dare they do this? So what I did was when I, I looked at, you know, the, the BPI of the conferences that are between them, and in order, from 23 to 32, 23 is Ohio Valley, which is where Tennessee State plays. Big South is 24, where, of course, Hampton is looking to go. Then you have the Big Sky at 25, Patriot at 26, Big West at 27, Southland at 28, the NEC at 29, Atlantic Southern at 30, the SWAC at 31, and the MEAC at 32. All right, I get it. The, the MEAC and the SWAC is having a hard time getting talent, talent to those conferences. We already know why. Because, one, these two, these two conferences don't have a TV deal. We've already talked about that being a problem with those two conferences. Right. You know, it's problems with uh, the facilities in some cases. Or I, I shouldn't say problems. There are smaller facilities don't match up with the facilities of the other conferences. We've also talked about financial giving as it pertains to alumni giving back to the institutions and also attendance in which conferences generate revenue, problems that cause when, when fans don't come out to games to see these athletes play, which is why they're lower on the BPI rankings. But what I decided to do was also, this happened, you want to go ahead and point fingers? I'm going to point fingers at you, bruh. This is what your BPI ranking is within all of, of college basketball. Okay, first and foremost, they have the fourth best record in the conference and overall record within the conference. Okay, they have the best BPI within the MEAC. I will say that. The closest teams to them are Central with 269 and North Carolina A&T at 296. But with that said, if you were to put Hampton 
into the Big South as of right now, they would be in the lower half of the Big South's BPI rankings, just being above Garner Webb, who actually they lost to earlier this season, Presbyterian, and Longwood, three which have sub-500 records in both in-conference and out-of-conference play. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just basketball. I don't even really want to talk about football because we saw what Kennesaw State did in the playoffs this year, right? Also, right. Monmouth, right. who was in that conference, another playoff team. And then you have Charleston Southern, who came from out of nowhere, which I'm familiar with with my time of living in Charleston. They came from out of nowhere, and they became a playoff team in 2015. So Hampton's going to have some issues on their hands when they go over to the Big South. Yeah, they want to go ahead and chase the money, which I'm not mad at at all. all right. But you should learn a lesson from, from Maryland and from Rutgers. What happens when you chase money, you end up going somewhere and get impounded, and nobody's going to want to – I'm not going to say no one's going to want to go to Hampton, but beware. If you don't turn your program around quickly or if it's not competitive, I will say they will be competitive in track and field. But if they're not competitive in football and basketball, they're going to miss out in talent, and they're going to struggle in the Big South, and that's going to become problematic. And the one thing that, first and foremost, those fans in the, in the Big South, they don't know Hampton. They may not travel to go see Hampton play or, or see their teams play at Hampton. And Hampton, for sure, is not going to go to Liberty and see them play against Liberty. They barely go to see them play against Howard. They're not going to travel to see them play against Bradford. They're not going to travel to it. Exactly. So I, I just I just hope that, you know, Hampton reaps the benefits and the rewards of, of, of what they're looking for in terms of financial greatness or, or financial uh, 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 increasement within the athletic department. But, man, first and foremost, don't diss HBCUs like that. That's, that's grimy. And secondly, you got to understand the rules of changing in, 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 uh, conferences. Yes, you're going to have to be an independent. Coastal Carolina did it just a couple of years ago when they moved up from FBS, well, from FCS to FBS. Matter of fact, right. Winston-Salem State had bottom. to do it. Exactly. Winston-Salem State had to do it when they left the MEAC and was ready to get into the CIAA. So, bro, you're going to have to do it too, especially because of your poor planning. Now, had you done it on time, it probably wouldn't be an issue and you wouldn't have to wait. But now you've got to wait because you, you did it wrong. But, yes, the MEAC is also being petty by forcing you to play that 19-2001 schedule. So they being petty, MEAC being petty, I'm going to be petty with them. We can go ahead and be a 90s R&B group and be petty, 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 and I can be Dwayne Wiggins. How about that? <laughs> On that note, we'll call it to an end. Well said, my man. Well said. I appreciate it. Short, and, my name uh, is Dwayne, man. There you go. Last name Wiggins. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> thank you very much for joining us. Tony, Tony, Tony will be contacting us shortly. Uh, <laughs> take a like, man. <laughs> Be blessed. You do the same, bro. All right, peace out. That's my man, Dwayne Nash. Please check him out on Please Radio every Tuesday now on Blog Radio as well as the Outside TV Sports. That was hilarious. You know what? 
I think it's time to turn the Bible to the book of First Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 13, and read a little bit from that as well. Anyway, y'all, thank y'all for joining me on this podcast. It's an entertaining podcast. hope you had as much fun as I did. This is Scott Burks with the Clown Hour. Sound off. Oh, 06. Good night. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.